on imom.com, we share ideas, insight, and inspiration. We do all that here too, by sharing the best kind of stories, mom stories. We're all at different ages and stages, but one thing we have in common is that we're striving and sometimes struggling to love our children well. It's the iMom Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the I'm Mom Podcast. Megan, Susan, Chloe, and Abby, we're all here once again this week to talk about uh, when you have a kid who wants to follow the crowd, uh, school is back in full swing and your child might be trying to find like which friend group she wants to fit in with or what he wants to do to, you know, feel like it's not, um, not standing out. And so this week, Chloe has a story about her trying to do that. Yes. (laughs) Um, So growing up, I really wanted people to like me and I still want people to like me, Um, but I've gotten better at, um, you know, not making it the most important thing in the world. Um, But anyways, I went to a Christian school, a private school until I was in high school and I was always like really insecure about it for some reason. I think because it was small. So I, you know, only had a couple people in my class and uh, we had to wear uniforms. We didn't have school dances and that was important to me. Um, but when I went to high school, I really wanted to kind of immerse myself with the public school kids. I really wanted the public school kids to like me. So I launched my please like me public school kids campaign by, (laughs) by cussing. I started to cuss. And I know it was a really big deal. I didn't grow up in a household where we cussed. Uh, This is how you got into social media campaigns. You started early. Yes. I rebranded myself as a cusser. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I remember one night at a football game, it had gotten brought it up, brought up that, you know, my dad was a pastor and that I was a Christian. And one of my friends was like, Chloe's not a Christian. She cusses like a sailor or something like that. And I was like, I was just really sad um, because, you know, I just. Chloe, you went, oh, but you know, it just, it made me really sad because my faith was really important to me and I wanted to be known as a Christian. And it was just a really good lesson on, um, you know, the price of following the crowd. And in this instant, it, it cost me, you know, to use a Christian new word, my witness. Um, and it, you know, I wanted people to see Jesus in me and they weren't seeing it. So, so you think it's because you were a pleaser? Um, Is it a personality thing? That's what I'm wondering. Maybe. I don't know. I, I think in this situation, I just... It's really weird. I ha- part of me personally is like I am an individualist in some ways, but at the same time, I do want to blend in. Yeah. So I-, I think it really was like I wanted to feel like I was a part of their stuff. I had like a very similar experience because I was in private school through eighth grade. And oh, yeah. so then when I went to ninth grade, I knew that people had these like expectations for who I was or what I was going to be like. And I don't know if I wanted to like prove them wrong or I assumed that it was going to be negative oh, what yeah. they thought of me because I, you know, just the stigma of a private school kid. And so I just, yeah, I wanted to, I don't remember what I did though. I dyed my hair. Wow. I know. That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> what so color? It was like a maroon. It was like the bottle, like the, the washout stuff. So it was like oh, a purple yeah. and maroon. Nice. Just so people know, Chloe's had like three or four different <laughs> hair colors in the time she's worked here. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I dyed my hair. I, I mean, we didn't have uniforms anymore. So I, I, I was really like straight, laced kid so I didn't do anything too wrong but I just wanted to like you said and that's like most teens it's like this weird 
odd thing where you are trying so hard to fit in while trying to be an individual at the same time, which I think is really interesting. And I mean, kids want so badly to fit in. And when they're not sure how to act, they start to look around for cues. And so that's why we have these kids who want to follow the crowd. They're like, what should I be listening to? What should I be talking about? Which TikTok stars are the cool ones that I should know their name? Um, Like, so how do we explain to our kids why we are saying no to some things. For example, if your child wants to watch Stranger Things because all the kids are watching Stranger Things and he doesn't understand, well, so-and-so gets to watch it. Why can't I watch it? Like, how do you, when all the other kids are doing it and you don't want your child to follow, how do you explain your no to them? I would say, you know, you got to have your family code of whatever. You know, so for us, it was obviously... God's word, and you know, in that case, dwell on whatever is good and right and pure. And if that show is not meet our criteria of that, that's why we don't watch it. So I really think the younger they are, you have to start kind of this is what we do, and this is what we know to be good for us. And and it's you got to fight that battle all the way through. But I think the earlier you start, the easier it is. Yeah. When you guys were growing up. Were you eager to follow the crowd? Do you think that you fell into that category? And if you didn't, how did you, like, what do you think was the reason for that? Because I do notice some kids are more inclined to want to do what other kids are doing. Mm. In fact, when I think about my two, my, my kids, my older one is so not a crowd follower. And my little one, mm. everything like from, like, I want to wear the shoes that are cool and stuff like that, you know, the harmless stuff. But there's just something about their personalities where one wants to blend and the other one is totally fine sticking out yeah I think I was more like your older child I I wasn't so much a pleaser or a follower of my friends I really I really cared about what my teachers thought it was a little bit of an overachiever you know so I had kind of this inner kind of goal or idea of what I wanted to do and I really I, I really wasn't a follower what about you Megan I think I was a follower to a certain extent like I definitely had a strong like moral compass of I feel like I knew what was right and wrong and I didn't want to get in trouble so I think I would follow to an extent but then I feel like it you know if it hit a point where I felt like we were being mean or because I had been like left out you know when like two girls get together and they leave a third girl out like that had happened to me a lot so I knew how that felt and so I didn't want to ever do that to someone else um and like I said I never did anything where I would I would get in trouble um but I feel like even now as an adult I'm much less of a follow it follower and more of like I know who I am I know what I'm going to do and I know like how we're going to make decisions as a family and so like if even if everyone's doing one thing or another but I don't feel like it's the right decision for us I'm much more confident to say no versus in the past I feel like okay well if everyone's making that decision or doing something there must be some reasoning behind it um but I've learned in a number of different situations it could just be the sheeple mindset of mm-hmm. you know we all heard of sheeple you know where sheep just follow one another for no yeah. reason and th- that's a very real thing people do that a lot you'll mm-hmm. see it easily in traffic if you're sitting in traffic and like you don't know why there's traffic it's because people are just doing whatever what the car in front of them is doing um and so I've very much gotten out of that mindset of just because everyone's kids are doing x y and z or everyone's going to doesn't mean that that's the the right or the best decision it just means 
that's what they feel is the best decision for them. A study published in Psychological Science supports the claim that adolescents are wired to go along with their peers. So this is actually something that their brains are wired to do. Here's what they did. They attached these teenagers to a scanner and then they were shown pictures, Im- uh, images from Instagram, mixture of neutral pictures, and then some showing risky behaviors like um, making rude gestures, wearing skimpy clothing, using drugs. And for each image, the subject had to decide whether or not to like it, you know, quote, like it. Um, and they were asked to respond as if they were on their own social media account. The Instagram images also included the number of likes from other people. So they got Mm -hmm. to see how many other people liked it. Unbeknownst to the subject, those images, those likes were assigned by the researchers. They were totally made up. And it turns out that that number actually made the difference. The The higher number of likes, the more willing the subject was to like it as well. Wow. Yep. And that even held true for the risky behaviors. And so basically, they found that the popularity of a photo had a significant effect on the way the photo was perceived. And that part of the brain that is activated in the the kids who saw the popular photos was the part that's involved in experiencing pleasure, like eating chocolate. And so when this part of the brain is stimulated, that behavior is reinforced. So they like the photo and it said, oh, that feels good. And they're more tempted to seek out other photos that have likes and that have those kind of behaviors. So basically, when we're trying to get our kids to not do things just because other people like it and do it, we're going against their brain and how their brain's wired. And they assume if everybody else likes it, well, that must be normal. Right, Uh. right, exactly. Why do you think, so why do you think that it's a bigger battle? Because we are facing a battle then if we're trying to fight against what culture and what peers are telling them to do. Why is it more of a battle with some kids than others? I just think some kids care more than others. Yeah, like they do. Trent and I are so different. Like, mm-hmm. and Trent will tell me stories of when he was a kid. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, I pray to God our son is wired like you. Like, he just did the right thing because he did not care about mm-hmm. what everyone else was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw a picture the other day um, where it was like all the girls. These girls were like ninth graders, and they were all dressed the same. They were going to the Barbie movie, I think. So this is a while ago now. Um, and they were all wearing like really skimpy clothes. And I, and then I thought about a friend of mine who has a daughter who's that same age and she dresses in, you know, cute clothes, yeah. nothing, but nothing inappropriate, very normal, like just cute 14 year old clothes. And I'm like, why? Just because she's not wearing the short skirt doesn't mean she's still not following something. So yeah. is that the other thing too? Is it like you're, you want your child to make sure she's surrounded by she or he surrounded by the right people because they're just wired to try to, to fit in. I think some of it involves a lot of conversation too. Like, well, why do you want to wear that? Where are you trying to draw attention and, yeah. you know, to make them really think what is behind what I'm doing other than I'm following other people? Um, and that's the hard thing is that takes time, but you're kind of building their confidence then. So what if you did what you really wanted? Is that really that important to you, what you wear? Mm-hmm. Or is that just, you know, it, you got to make them think. Yeah. And I don't know that we take the time to do that. And it's hard because it feels like it's something that you need to have this like big 
conversation about, but it's just the every everyday day. things yeah. that are happening. Every day. Mm-hmm. It's the everyday. Yeah. I see you have, all of a sudden you're you're you wanting to wear this. Why? Where'd that come from? You've never wanted to wear that before. Are you just exploring something new or is there some kind of influence that's making you think that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I honestly feel like I did not grow out of that kind of following uh, trend until I was an adult. Um, I mean, <laughs> this is so stupid, um, but I can look back on like even different relationships I was in where I would just start to dress mm-hmm. kind of like the guy. And um, it wasn't even until the pandemic, I was having a conversation with one of uh, just a friend of mine um, and we're not super close, but we were having a conversation and I just realized I wasn't really having original thoughts. I was saying whatever I knew she would want me to say. And I had this kind of like existential crisis on the way home from dinner of like, who, who am I? Like, why can't I be okay with just saying what I want to say and, you know, thinking what I want to think. And if this person disagrees with me, it's okay. And it really kind of springboarded this whole, um, you know, thing now of like, you know, my husband is country and he wears cowboy boots and all that stuff. You wouldn't catch me dead wearing stuff he wears. But like I, I support him wearing that and I'm gonna I wear support whatever, him. <laughs> I'm gonna wear whatever I wanna wear and it doesn't yeah. bother me the way it used to. You know, obviously I'm older now, but it really I did not grow out of that until I was an adult and mm-hmm. had to have that really real conversation of like, I don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. I'm who I'm whoever I'm around, and that's scary. This happened to one of my kids, and I was talking to him one day. He was like a junior in college, and I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm doing nothing, and I'm enjoying it. He's an introvert. Like We all know he's an introvert. He said, I realized I don't have to go out. My roommates are always trying to get me to go out, and it's awkward for me, who who doesn't like to make conversation anyway, to stand in a large party and try to make conversation when it's hard for me anyway. I'm much happier just to stay at home. I love the security in that answer. But identity is probably the reason we follow. And so is it for some kids, their brain just doesn't come together to like you said, Chloe, till they're yeah. older. Whereas other kids kind of don't care about the identity thing. They know who they are and what they like and they just want to do what they want. I don't know. How do we give our kids that identity or teach that identity or question so they find that identity earlier? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, and our kids are making all these choices that on like... F- just figuring out what their personality is, what hobbies they like, what friend group friend groups they want to be part of, and they're like trying them on, you know, yeah. almost yes. like they're in a fitting they're room yeah. and trying to see what fits and where they feel like they belong. And so, how does a mom accompany her child through these choices, mm. support him or her, and and be there when they're like, mm, I don't want this friend group anymore? I mean, I, I guess it's hard. Yeah, it's, um, it's hard. There's a lot of pressure. I think asking those questions, like you were saying, is so important and just kind of like knowing, okay, this is about to be a ride. I'm going to jump on and, you know, stay stay for the whole time and, you know, support them through it. Because you can't say, you know, does this hobby, does this friend group, do you feel like you can be yourself? Because if they don't really know right. what themselves is. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess having those conversations, was that fun? Did you oh, enjoy yeah. that? Um, oh, you're doing something new. Why? Uh, because Bobby's doing it or, you know, if they say, oh, well, Bobby's doing it. Um, I'm laughing at our producer, Bobby. He's like going, yes. He's like, I'm a trendsetter. Yeah, yeah. Or are you just, do you really want to try that? And then after they try it, do you really like it? I don't know. It takes a lot of time, a lot of questions. And that's why we have so many questions on imom.com. Conversations are important. It's funny. You mentioned the thing about like 
him not wanting to go out. I think also telling your kids, and this is one of those things that you can, you can probably say this to them. They might roll their eyes. They might not hear it at the moment, but they will eventually hear it. I have talked to so many people about college and about high school and like, not wanting to go out and party, not wanting to do all those things and feeling like I was the only person that didn't yeah. want to. And um, they're going, oh no, I didn't like it either. Right. I'm like, well, where were you? The sheep. Mm. What did you call them, Megan? They're the sheep. sheep. They're just all falling. Sheeple. Sheeple. Right? Sheeple. Like my, I had really great roommates who were my best friends and who were, were like all birds of a feather. And like there was one night I stayed home. This is going to sound so lame. I cross-stitched. I started a cross-stitch my freshman year of college. And we still went out. We still had fun, but... You brought your cross stitch I to the bar. <laughs> not, I just stayed home. The light's not good. But you know, it's like about being around people who make you feel understood yeah. and realizing that um, you're not the only one right. who feels that or way. Or you're not... Um, you know, lame because you didn't go out. Well, and I thought that support looked like, oh, well, that person likes that too. But what support looks like is that person doesn't like this necessarily, but they like that I like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. On on that note, my husband is the first person I've ever dated or anything like that who I didn't try to become like. Yes. I didn't try to morph into him. And I think that married couples just naturally do that in a way, you know, just by proximity and living together but he's the first one that I wasn't like I'm gonna listen to everything you listen to and I'm gonna dress the way you dress because he I I have no doubt in like in how he makes me feel and and that he loves me for who I am and I think that our kids if they can find these friends that they know like them for who they are and what they bring uniquely to Mm -hmm. their friend group I think that that's uh, how our kids can not follow the crowd that is exactly the point I was bringing up with me and Trent and like our styles which is I mean just a part of how different we are Um, but the identity like you said Susan that's the biggest thing if we can really support our child's identity and let them know that they don't have to be like their friend Mm -hmm. we want them to be who they are, mm-hmm. you know, that that's huge. What did James' little friend say to him the other day? It's okay that you color out of the lines. You're a nice person. Oh. <laughs> no. Was he talking to you, Megan? <laughs> no, he's no. just a oh. little play date with this little girl who's just a oh. doll. And he was like, oops, I went outside the lines. And she goes, but that's okay because you're still a kind person. Oh, and my gosh. Like, oh, that's so my, out of the mouth of some babes. Like, oh, my yeah. God. Wow. That's adorable. That's great. So which of these three do you think, the big part of guiding kids not to follow the crowd is helping them to pick the crowd that they're part of in the first place. Which do you think is the most important factor in helping kids make good choices about their friend groups? Which of these three? Is it the boundaries that you set as a parent, as in the curfew, the tech rules, all that stuff? Is it knowing the other parents? Or is it talking openly with your child about the decisions that they make and how they impact their future? Ooh, that's tough. I like the last one. I think all of them are important. Let me say that. I like the last one because I think even with amongst your children, you can say, well, your sibling likes to do this and you've never liked that. So why are you going along with it? Tell me what you want to do. And it's okay if you like something different. Mm. So you can kind of start those conversations even really little. This is, It's okay that you're different and you like to do something different. Mm. Don't feel pressure to do what they do. Yeah. But so that's really, really young. I think the others kind of come into play as they get older. Mm-hmm. Yep. Megan, what do you think? Um, I think I like a combination of the last two. Obviously, I think it's really important for kids to to know who they are and and 
no right from wrong. I think that's a big thing, especially in today's culture when, you know, there's so many influencers and they're influencers because they are influencers um, and they influence adults and kids. And I think it's really important to kit for kids to figure out who they are and what they stand for um, and be that leader, regardless of what their friends think. But I also think, you know, everyone messes up, everyone's a human and their kids and their brains aren't fully developed. And so I also think it's really important to have those close friends who are parents that can also fill you in if maybe your your kid's going through a rough patch or whatever it might be. Yeah. So I want to wrap up just with a couple extra last thoughts about ways that we, things that parents can do right now to help encourage their kids to make their own choices and think independently. Do you guys have any, any thoughts on those? I'll give you mine if you want to think for a second. Something that my family always did was, um, and you touched on it at the very beginning, Susan, was having your family identity. Like we never pretended to be the cool family. (laughs) Um, And, and that just kind of became part of our, like who we, who we are. It was funny. It was lighthearted. But then when uh, uh, this opportunity would come up for me to do something to follow the crowd, I'd be like, mm, no, my mom would kill me. I can't do mm. that. And my mom will find out. And it's just not something we do. Like this is not what a Reifenberg does. That was my, my main name. That's not, that's not what we do. That, I didn't say that out loud, but that's what I thought because I knew who we were. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you can, you know, help your kid make better choices by helping them know who they are and where they came from. Mm-hmm. I would add to that because I love what you said. Affirm what you see they naturally love, mm. like, are good at and say, oh, well, that's great that your friends are doing that. But remember, you really love to do this. So don't feel pressure to do that. So, you know, just affirm things you observe in them and make you know, ponder that and pray about it and say, Lord, show me, you know, how can I, how can I help them understand who they are? Yeah. I think it's about being, um, in conversation with them all the time. Like my kids will say something and I'll be like, you know, that's a really good question. Mm. I'm glad Mm -hmm. you said that. I'm glad you asked that. I don't know the answer or then I do know the answer or whatever. So I think it's like realizing that they are not just there to be told what to do and to, listen to you they actually have things to say and then you respond and say gosh that's interesting yeah and those interactions are shaping their identity Mm -hmm. even as an adult there's situations where I'm just like I don't know how to handle this but I have a few people who I really trust to go to that I've learned from relationship with them that they will give me good guidance and good feedback and good advice so I think you can know who you are but it's still good to have those people that can help point you in the right direction because I, I think in, in my case, I've learned like my emotions and my feelings aren't always valid or aren't always, you know, they're not always right to act on or whatever it might be. So I think it's, you know, always good to a know who you are and then B have those people that can kind of point you in a good direction if you don't know where you're going. My parents did a really good job and my mom actually just did this to me the other day, but they did a great job of this when I was growing up. Um, they, you know, allowed us to dialogue about the situation. Even if I, you know, would come to them complaining, they would ask me questions to kind of get me to um, come up with my own decision. And they'd say to me all the time, I think you know what to do. And that really kind of built confidence in me and my own decision making. I think that's great. We're going to post in the show notes um, how to pray for your middle schooler and how to pray for your teenager. And it'll give you specific things to pray for for them because 
like Megan said, their brains are not fully developed. And so even the best kid sometimes will make a bad decision. So we're going to help you pray for your kids and make sure you follow us on Instagram at imom.com. Thanks for listening to the iMom podcast. iMom is the motherhood program of the nonprofit organization Family First. Along with our fatherhood program, All Pro Dad, we exist to help you love your family well. Subscribe to our daily email, the iMom Minute, by going to imom.com slash subscribe and get tons of great ideas, insight, and inspiration. The iMom podcast is hosted by me, Abby Watts, along with Susan Merrill, Megan Tigner, and Chloe Blumenthal.